This last week, and you can tell that I have, my, I have a Trader Joe's bag here this morning. Um, if, the, if the kids are not close by the computer screen or the TV right now, you might encourage them to come. This last week, uh, I, my wife received a text message from one of the moms uh, who attends Kingwood Bible Church here. And, uh, you know, I actually realized I never read the text message. Kelsey said, you should probably read the text message so you get the information correct. <laughs> She's like, you always get the information incorrect. Here we go. I'll probably get it somewhat incorrect. This is what I gathered, though. Uh, she sent a text message Sunday, last Sunday, and said that her little boy, one of her little boys, uh, I don't know the exact age, but little boy, while I'm preaching, began to wave at me on the screen. Hi there. And then, and then he just stopped and asked his mom, Mommy, why isn't the pastor waving back? <laughs> I, I was, I heard that and I just, man, I got a good kick out of that, good chuckle. So if, if you are listening or to all of the kids listening right now, hi there, I'm waving at you. I can't see you, but man, I'm just telling you that I miss you. I, I miss having you here. And the little kids that we have are so important to Kingwood Bible Church. I, I love the, the children that we have here. Know that we value you, and we're grateful that you are part of the ministry. So I have some things in this bag which actually pertain to the children. And the older people can listen in too and, and find out what's in here. Uh, usually I like to have five guesses as to what's in here. Well, I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm just going to start to show you. So I'm going to begin to pull. I'm going to pull out the biggest one here, okay? So can you tell what this is? This is a stuffed animal. This is my old stuffed animal. I had this as a kid. And then my cousin ended up having this um, as well. And then he gave it back to me because I had kids. And so I gave this to my oldest son. And um, we, we still have it. I, I think that we started with it. I'm pretty sure I started with it. It's pretty well worn. I, I'm not sure if I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't think he has a name. I, I don't think he has a name. My favorite stuffed animal as a kid was uh, Curious George. I had a little Curious George stuffed animal. Man, I loved Curious George, the stuffed animal. I would love so, so much to be able to see that little stuffed animal again. But I loved this dog and I would use my imagination, and he turned into a boat. Yeah, this is all in my imagination, of course. I would sit on him and ride him right here and pull his ears back and like, go through the pretend water. All right, here's this stuffed animal. Um, let's find out what else is in here. Um, I've got a few other things that are related to kids. Well, let's, get rid of, let's go with this one here. You know what this is? This is a trouble game, game of trouble. Look out. Uh, my family and I enjoy playing this. This is actually probably uh, truly from the 1980s. I, you can, if you were here in person, you could probably tell this is like the 80s version. Do you know how this works? You've got four players and you've got four pegs here. You're trying to get around the board. Actually, you go this way clockwise. And you're trying to get them into these four pegs here, okay? And you've got to top it. Oh, I got a six. A six is good. If you get a six or a one, you've got to take your peg out and move around the board. Okay, so that's trouble. We like playing this game. We actually, I, I still love playing this game. I played it as a kid, still playing it now with my kids. All right, what else is in here? 
So I've got a few other things here. Let's go with, let's do this one here. Let's, uh, okay. Yeah, you can see these. You know what these are? These are bricks. These are, these are Lego bricks. These are the real thing. Okay, none of the fake, fake cheap stuff. Okay, like <clears throat> Lego is the way to go. I, I love Legos. My kids have tons of Legos. I mean, seriously, tons of Legos. Probably should have got, uh, my daughter has, has girl, the girl version of Legos. And they're a bit more colorful, a bit more pink and purple and stuff. But we have tons of Legos. And I think all of my kids enjoy Legos. Didn't build anything for you this morning. But uh, if you have Legos, maybe you enjoy playing with Legos too. All right, how about, I got two more, th- three more things it looks like here. I got this. My daughter said I could bring this with me this morning. What is it? It's, uh, there we go. This is baby Sarah. Okay? As, as I give her a hard time, it's baby Hara. Because when she was a little girl, she couldn't say Sarah. And it was baby Hara. So this, welcome, baby Hara, to Kingwood Bible Church. This is one little cute doll. And uh, if, if you're a girl watching, did you have a favorite doll of yours? Or do you have a favorite doll? Maybe you have a little baby Sarah with you as well. She is well-loved. This morning, I had to send a text message to her because she wasn't at our place. And, Livia, quick, you told me I could use baby Sarah, but where is she at? I need her. Here she is. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, two, two more things here. Got, let's go with this one here. You know what these are? This morning I had Carson help me with this. I was like, Carson, I want some of our best toys that we have. All right, well, these are some um, Matchbox cars. Um, little, I'm, I'm actually forgetting the technical name for them. But here we go. Little cars, a bunch of little cars here. And, uh, you know, both my boys, I'm not sure Livia so much, but uh, my boys really enjoyed playing with these. We'd line them up and we'd race them and stuff and, and you know, vroom, vroom, having fun with them. So there's some cars. These are some good toys. Um, one last toy I have here is this one. This one uh, is actually in my office right now. This is a newer toy. So if you know me, you know that I like Snoopy. And I've liked Snoopy for a long time. So if you have not come to my office yet, come by sometime and, and see my Snoopy collection. I actually have a, a shelf that is kind of like, <laughs> this is um, proof that I like Snoopy. So um, come by and, and see Snoopy. I had some Snoopies growing up as well. I don't have those anymore. But um, Mike, our head elder, actually got this one for me. And he's given me a couple other things too. And uh, so I brought Snoopy with me today. Well, there's some other, other toys that um, I want to just show you some pictures of, if we can. So I was looking this last week at what are some of the best toys of all time? A Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube is one of the, the greatest toys. Did you have a Rubik's Cube? Um, I had a Rubik's Cube. Um, I don't know if this is just like proof that I'm not like the smartest guy or what, but I was just like, played with it for like three or four minutes. I'm like, forget it. I don't have time to try to figure this thing out. I, I know some people who are like, here, let me show you how to do that. And they just, just, just like that, you know, um, they solve it. I ha- uh, 
Hands down to them. That's, that's incredible. What else? Some of the greatest toys. How about this one here? This is the, it's called a Viewmaster. Now, I don't know if I knew back uh, when I was a kid that this was called a Viewmaster, but that's technically what it's called. Uh, did you have one of these as a kid? They make some of these too today. Uh, the same old thing. There's little slides there. You can see them on those little, quote, record deals. You pop it in and pop, pop that in, and then you look uh, towards the light, and you can see the image. I had Curious George. I love that one. And I think I also had Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh. Didn't care for that one as much, but I had that one as well. How about this one? Um, let me see here. How about the radio flyer wagon? Everyone's got to have one of those, right? Uh, we've got one for our kids. It is on the side of the house, turned over upside down, collecting rust right now. <laughs> uh, as a kid, I had a wagon as well. And this toy has been around for a long time. It's like a staple of the USA. Uh, we love this. How about, how about this one? A yo-yo. Got to love the yo-yo, right? This is one of the greatest toys of all time. Uh, in 2014, I took a group of students down to Chico, California, to do a to um, lead a missions trip down there, and did you know that in Chico, California, they have the world's largest yo-yo? We went and saw it, got a picture of it, by it. Um, it's not like huge, huge, but it's it's almost as tall as me. They've actually seriously used this as a yo-yo. Uh, they they seriously did. All right, how about Play-Doh? Uh, we many of us have have played with Play-Doh. Many of us have eaten Play-Doh. Have you eaten Play-Doh? Did it taste good? Did you test it? Like, never having that again. Uh, how about this one? Barbie. Uh, Barbie. Girls might, might have an appreciation for Barbie. I know this one might be mixed. Some parents are like, I hate Barbie. I don't want my daughter to, to know Barbie or to be introduced to Barbie. Well, my, my daughter had a Barbie collection, and um, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. If you're... Opposed to Barbie, I'm not faulting you for that either. Uh, she is very unrealistic. Whew, say that for sure. But I'm telling you, she is like one of the great toys of all time. And then Legos, I already mentioned Legos. That's like one of the great toys of all times. And the last one is the cheapest of them all, Bubbles. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Bubbles. Like that's, that's, that's one of the greatest toys of all time. You can buy this at the Dollar Tree. Okay, and, and yet kids can enjoy bubbles and they have been enjoying bubbles for a long time. Well, these are some of the greatest toys of all time. Today, I really want you to think with me about children. I want you to think with me about kids. Um, I, can I be honest with you and just tell you that this message was a hard one to put together today or um, for, the, for today? This last week, I was just like back and forth on passages of Scripture trying to figure out. But I, I knew this, that because of that text message that my wife received a week ago today, I have been thinking about kids. And I cannot stop thinking about kids. I cannot stop thinking about the kids of Kingwood. I cannot stop thinking about that waving. And is, how come the pastor isn't waving back at me again? Hi there, I'm waving at you. I, I, I hear you and I'm, I'm seeing you even though I can't see you. I am, I'm thinking about you and this last week I've been thinking about you all the more. The treatment 
that Jesus gave to kids in the Gospels is amazing. It was astonishing to the religious leaders of the day, and it was astonishing to the parents of the day, to society. Why? Because typically both women and children were oftentimes kind of downgraded, like we don't really give them that great of treatment. Jesus actually um, elevated the treatment of both women and children in society, which is incredible. Today, I really want to focus on on children, and I, I want to have you turn to a passage of Scripture with me that is about Jesus' encounter with children. But it is one encounter that I think we tend to oversee. Like, we, we neglect it. We, we don't even consider it because it's just it kind of comes at a place in the Gospels where we don't think it's going to appear, but it does. And so I invite you to take Scripture, um, your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 21, and follow along with me. Matthew chapter 21, if it's on your phone, uh, you can open up to that, uh, to your Bible app, whatever it is that you have. Matthew chapter 21, verses 8 through 17. Uh, If you read our daily bread, this passage of Scripture was actually referenced about a week and a half ago. And it was at that point that God began to get me thinking as my family and I read this devotional. I, I was, we were thinking, this is interesting. We don't think of Jesus encountering children in this context here. But he did. And so I want to read this, okay? So let's, let's work through this passage this morning. So again, Matthew chapter 21 and let's begin with verses, uh, verse 8. Look at verses 8 through 11. It says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted these words, Hosanna! Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Okay, so just think with me before we move on here and get to the the children, the kid part. Think with me about what's going on. Jesus is riding in on a donkey. We, we get this because I, I think for us, especially if we've grown up in the church, we don't think a whole lot. We don't think twice about this. Jesus rides in on a donkey. Of course he does. It's Palm Sunday. He's supposed to do that. Well, let's, let's put ourselves in the, the historical context of what's going on here. This is absurd. Jesus rides in on a donkey? You've got to be kidding me. See, again, 2,000 years later, we're like, of course he does. It's Palm Sunday. No, think again. Like, if you were a military ruler, if you were a monarch, if you were a king, then you would ride in on a, probably a beautiful white stallion horse. It it was like this picture of strength. And Jesus opts not to go for that. He rides in on a humble donkey. (laughs) Like, that's crazy, isn't it? He comes in on a donkey. 
And, and the people still hail him basically as king. And they're crying out, Hosanna. Hosanna comes from a Hebrew word which means save now. So when Jesus is riding in and he's prating himself through on this humble donkey, people are taking garments and they're throwing their garments on the roadside so that Jesus on this donkey can trample over them. It's a sign of, Jesus, we submit ourselves to you. But they're also crying out, Jesus, save us now. Save now. I don't think they were saying, spiritually, Jesus, we want salvation. We want salvation from our sin problem. No, they're thinking, no, we, we despise Rome. Jesus, save us from Rome. That's what they're thinking. That's, that's, what they're, that's what's going through their head. Should it surprise us that Jesus comes in on a donkey? The more we know about Jesus, I don't think it should surprise us at all. Jesus just doesn't do things as society would typically expect him to do things. So he humbles himself, even in this, and rides in on a donkey. And yet the people are still crying out, Jesus, save us. Save us, Jesus. We long for the salvation. Let's read on here. What does Jesus do next? Where does Jesus go next? He's got, I would say he's quite popular at this point. There were some people that did not know who Jesus was. The text says they know now. They ask, who is this? Oh, that's Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, so what does he do with this popularity? These people who are, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What do they do? Or what does Jesus do next? Read on. Verse 12, Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Stop there really quick. Well, no, let me read verse 13. He said, as he did this, as he turned the benches over and the tables over, he said, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Okay, now stop there. Jesus comes. What's, where's the very first place he goes? He goes to the temple courts, the temple area. And what does he do? He turns tables over. He turns benches over. And he sends the money changers out. Get out of here. I want you to get out of here. Does this bother you? Does this, does this um, sit not so well with you? Is this hard for you to hear that Jesus is responding in this way? This is not the only time that Jesus did this. Do you know this? Jesus actually did the same thing. He went to the temple at the start of his ministry. John chapter 2 records this. Right after Jesus turned the water into wine, which was his very first miracle, public miracle that we have recorded, he went directly to the temple. And he did the same thing then. I think that Jesus is communicating something here that seems really almost symbolic. At the start of his ministry and at the conclusion of his ministry, he is going to the temple area, the temple courts, and he is cleansing it, saying, you are not honoring the temple as you should be. This is my father's house. You've turned it in. This is, you're making a mockery of this. 
And he, he turns the tables over and he turns the benches over. I, I think that if this doesn't set so well with us, I think that it, we have a hard time with it because we have a tendency of, of seeing behavior like this as being irate, as being just like uncontrolled anger. I wasn't there and you were not there, but all I can say is this, that there are a number of places in Scripture where it says that Jesus did not sin. Now, anger is not sin, but anger that, that we bring, that, that we know so well, is oftentimes sinful. So I think it's hard for us to hear this and think, well, this is, this is not sinful behavior. No, please, please hear this. This was not sinful, uncontrolled anger. And I think we're going to see why here in a bit. Um, I, I hope this doesn't sit too well. Or I, hope this, I hope this can sit well with you. Uh, when, I was in, when I was a kid in Sunday school, we had to color. We had like a coloring project. It was like our craft for the day. And I think the passage of scripture was actually from either this or the other time when Jesus cleanses the temple. And uh, we colored Jesus and um, we had to cut him out. And, and Jesus' body was like, like this. Okay, so his arm, his arm was out. But we, we took the arm of Jesus and we put it on a pin so that Jesus' arm was able to swivel. Okay? And then the tables were cut out and we put them on a pin as well so that they were able to swivel as well. So what happened is as Jesus would go like this, he was able to flip the tables over. And I remember us just joking about it, like, it's Karate Jesus. This is Karate Jesus. hi and, and that's, I, that's just the memory I have of this, this time here. Well, this is, this is Jesus turning the temple or the, the tables and the benches in the temple over. But I want you to see what happens directly next. So let's read on. It says, verse 14, The blind and the lame came to him. Where? At the temple. And he healed them. But... When the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. So what, what's happening here? Jesus turns tables over and what happens immediately following? People who are blind and who are lame come to Jesus and what does he do? He heals him. I don't think that Jesus had to like, whew, let me just hang on. I'm a little bit ticked right now. I'm going to calm myself down. I don't, I don't see that. The, the blind and the lame come to him. And what does Jesus do? He heals them. Where? The same place where he has been turning tables and benches over. And further, what do we see or read about the children. The children come to him. And what are they shouting? They're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. They, these children are copying exactly what they saw, which previously happened. I don't know how, how much time has, has gone by. Are we talking a couple hours? Are we talking next day? I don't know. But the children 
perhaps were there. I, I think they had to have been there seeing Jesus come. And they are still calling out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Save now. They go to the temple area, the temple courts, and they're calling out to Jesus, Hosanna. There's something that I know about children. And I think is this, children have a tendency of knowing when a person is safe or not. And these children are drawn to Jesus, the one who just turned over the tables and the benches, but then who also at the same time brings healing. And these children are calling out, Hosanna, save now. Jesus, we want you to save us now. Again, children have a way of copying. About five years ago, four and a half years ago, my family and I went down to visit my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and her family in Texas, just outside of Dallas, Texas. And it's a cultural experience for sure, coming from the Northwest, going down there. Um, There's a lot of things I really enjoy about it. Well, one of the things that we did is we went um, out to my... My oldest niece um, has horseback riding lessons. You know, true to Dallas, Texas, like I think they all do. So she's down there, and, and we got to watch her and, and see how she was working on the horse and working with the horse and riding the horse, and um, she was doing a great job. Well, Lisa is the name of her, uh, I'm not sure, for lack of better words, the horse trainer. She's the one who's in charge of this Horse experience, I think, is what she calls it. She gives these horseback riding lessons. Lisa also attends church with uh, my in-laws. So we went to the Saturday night service, joined um, a large church. Uh, It's a pastor that I actually enjoy listening to, and I was able to meet him in person, which was really cool. Um, Well, we're, we're worshiping in this large auditorium, and my second niece, not the one who does the horseback riding lessons, second niece, goes to Lisa, the the horse trainer or the horseback riding instructor. She was seated eh, maybe four or five rows in front of us. My, My second niece, Ainsley, walks up and goes to Lisa. And she, she was a really little girl at this time. I think she was probably about four years old. Uh, if even that, three or four, and just looks up at Lisa and just like this. You know, like what kids do? Like, pick me up. And, and Lisa, who had a good relationship with my in-laws and still does to this day, picks her up as we're singing and holds her. And then as we're singing, I watched Lisa, and Lisa's hands begin to go up like this in praise as we're singing. What did, what did Ainsley do? Ainsley does the same thing. Her hands, so this little three or four-year-old girl is praising the Lord, their hands outstretched out as Lisa's were. Again, children like to mimic and copy what they see happening. So it should be no surprise to us that, that you know, these children come to Jesus and they're calling out, Hosanna! I've heard those words before. My daddy said that. My mommy said that. I said that. And I'm saying it again. Hosanna, Jesus, save now. I, I love 
I love the way that Jesus interacts with children. It's his, um, the, the way that he deals with them is so gracious to them. And I, I, love, I love just seeing some of the various encounters of Jesus with children. I was looking this last week at some of those encounters. Mark 10, it talks about parents bringing children to Jesus. Why? He wanted them, he, they wanted Jesus to bless their children. And how did the, how did the uh, disciples respond to that? They were indignant. They, they thought Jesus has no time for this. He doesn't have time for kids. That's kid stuff. We don't have time for that. Jesus said, no, the kingdom of heaven belongs to people just like them. So let them come to me. Some parents also sought Jesus out so that their children would receive healing. We have this a handful of times where parents came to Jesus. Jesus, my son or my daughter needs healing. You can do it. And Jesus offered healing. We have at least one account of Jesus raising a little girl back to life. She had died and Jesus raised her back to life. Jesus taught us that we must become like children. We must have childlike faith if we're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. He used children as this example. You want to enter the kingdom of God? You need childlike faith. Look at the kids. Look at how children respond. You need to be like this. Look at verses 16 and 17. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. So the people again are bothered by the the kids. Like, oh, there go those kids again, making a bunch of noise. Do you hear what they're saying? How did Jesus respond? Yes. Haven't you actually ever read these words? From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise. You should know this. This is in the Hebrew scriptures. You should know these words. You should understand this. From the lips of children and infants, God has ordained praise. So let them praise the name of Jesus. Don't get in the way. And then Jesus left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. I wonder if we allow children to impact our faith. I I think that children are a blessing from the Lord. I know that because Scripture tells us that. I think that children have a way of teaching those of us, like you and me, who are older, they teach us a lot. They, They teach us much. You know, the older we get, the more skeptical we get. We have a tendency of trying to, like, overthink things. We try to over-understand faith. Um, this, this can get us in trouble as followers of Jesus. I'm not going to suggest that, that our faith is um, void of logic or reason. No, 
Uh, there's, there's logic and reason involved in faith for sure. But there comes a point where we have to just say, Lord Jesus, I trust you, and I'm asking that you would give me the faith of a child. I want the faith of a child. Do you have the faith of a child? Regardless of whether you are 92 years old listening right now or 22 years old, do you have the faith of a child? I think that Jesus gives us examples like this to remind us of this, that we need this. I believe this is what children can teach us. We're going to observe communion here in just a moment. Um, Pam is going to lead and play a song. And I am going to encourage you to just consider using this song to prepare your heart for communion. And today... I, I really want you to think about two things. I encourage you to think about two things, unless the Spirit of God speaks to you differently to consider something else. But I want you to think about two things. One is the humility of Jesus in the sacrifice that he made. Again, I'm thinking about how Jesus came in on a donkey. This was an act of humility. And his act of humility did not stop there. He went to the cross. This was a humble death that, that he, that he um, experienced. I want you to consider that. I want you to consider how he did this for you. But then I also want you to consider this morning childlike faith. I ask you to think, do you have childlike faith? Is that something that you have? This is something I believe that the older we get, the more we can grow in. So use this time to talk to the Lord. Um, We're going to observe communion. We remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Communion is, is open to any who have placed their faith in Jesus. Take this time, listen to the song, begin to sing along to the song, and talk to the Lord right now as we prepare for communion.